Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the Communications Department at Grace Community Church, and our goal here each and every episode is to profile followers of Jesus who are on a mission and showing Jesus's love to others. And today, I'm talking with two people that have been doing that for a long time. Rob and Jen Dirksen are with YWAM Tyler. They have traveled all over the world as missionaries, and now they are preparing to move to Thailand. But before they leave East Texas for Thailand, I really wanted to sit down with them and hear their story. And I thank you both so much for taking the time to come talk with me today. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, so before we get into um, what you guys have been doing and will be doing in missions, I do want to ask both of you, um, this is you know what I do with every guest that I have on, can you share a little bit of your background? Jen, let's start with you. Where are you from, um, and when and how did you come to know Jesus as your Savior that you've you know made this a part of such an important part of your life? Um, well, I'm originally from up north, uh, South Dakota originally, and i um, I think my walk with the Lord has been a journey. I was raised in a Christian home, and I remember accepting the Lord as my Savior at a pretty young age. Um, kind of had some rough times going through high school, college, but I think it was in college where I really felt like, okay, you need to make a commitment. You need to decide what you're going to be doing with your life and, um, and how you're gonna live. And so at that point is when I really dedicated my life to the Lord. And that's really when God specifically spoke to me even about missions and my involvement in missions. And so that's cool. And Rob, you're from Canada, I believe. So how did you get to the U.S.? And I mean, what was your story in finding Jesus? Was that from a young age as well? Uh, Yes, I grew up in a good Christian home, Um, uh, but I really didn't choose to follow God until I was 18. Um, A friend of mine had actually just said, okay, why are you not wanting to follow God? And I gave him all my excuses uh, one night and just, we were sitting around a fire and he gave me an answer for every one of my excuses. And it was March, I believe March 17th in 93, that it was like, he finally said, okay, do you have any more excuses? And I said, no, you've answered everything. And so he's like, well, why don't you want to follow God? And I said, I have no reason not to. And that really was the starting point where it really became real to me of having a relationship with God. Um, A year later is when he said, well, you need to go get some more training. And so that's when I joined Youth with a Mission, and that was in the States, uh, originally in Denver. And and then um, I traveled through a different few different countries and ended up in Tyler, Texas in March of uh, 97. Wow. So how did you two come to meet? How long have you been married and how did you two come to meet each other? Um, well, we were both on staff at uh, Youth with the Mission at the time. Um, I had come in 95 to Youth with the Mission here. I had previously been in Romania doing missions and then came to Tyler in 95. And we didn't meet until 97. Yeah, when I came down. And then um, you had left for a year, but yeah. she came back and... Uh, in that, we just hung out as friends with our other peers and uh, really got to know each other. And we enjoy a lot of the same things, hiking and board games and, uh, yeah, just 
serving the Lord. So you guys um, really have been on mission as a family. You have three kids, uh, teenage mm-hmm. kids. Um, I, talk, talk about that and where you guys have been. And is it difficult, uh, you know, doing that as a, as a family and raising your kids as you're serving? Uh, yes and no. Actually, we've uh, we forgot to mention we have been married for 22 years now. We just okay. celebrated our 22nd anniversary. Congrats. Um, thank you. And uh, like you said, we have three kids. Uh, the Raising the kids in missions has been actually a huge blessing. They open up so many doors and opportunities that we've been able to minister to different people in different countries because of the kids. Um, we're women would come to Jenny and as she's holding the kids and then th- she would be able to have these conversations. Um, at the same time, it's uh, really, I think mostly it's been a blessing to have the, the kids in missions because they get to see firsthand um, what people have are living in and they get to experience, you know, the depravity of sin and how that really affects people and where people end up when they choose selfish desires. And so it, it, I think it's helped them even in their walk with God. Um, the hard part is going, okay, God, these are our children's lives. And I know we, we trust you, but it's, we want to be good stewards of these gifts that you've given us. And so really being, taking that as a serious responsibility to raise our children in the ways of the Lord and you know, taking them on missions and doing this, moving overseas. It's, it's, uh, definitely something hard on our hearts. It's really heavy on our hearts to make sure that we're doing the right decisions. Yeah. I did want to ask you guys a little bit more on that because, um, Rob, you were talking about, I, I even as a father feel this struggle sometimes, like, Am I being obedient and serving the Lord, but at the same time, I, I want what's best for my kid, and I want them, I say to be happy, although I don't, as a parent, I don't think that's the most important thing, but you still want your kid to be happy. So like right now, you guys are preparing for this big move, and we'll talk more about that, but you have a daughter that's going to be a senior. Like, d- does that offer challenges? And um, and I had heard, you know, that your kids are all in on this, which I, is such a blessing that you know that they are and where their heart is Mm -hmm. but is it really difficult for you to tell your daughter hey this critical stage in your life but we're going yes yes (laughs) easy answer answer. um yeah that has definitely been something we've been walking through with our kids um and it's been big you know we're not trying to just hey you know and plow through and be like we're doing it you know but really wanting to see where they're at in the process. And it's a almost sometimes a daily checking in with them and going, okay, how are you feeling? How are, you know, how are you processing things? How are, you know, how's everything going? And um, yeah, especially our daughter, you know, she's always been um, probably our most adventurous child and she's gone with us since she was three. You know, wow. she's traveled the world, you know, and she's been a lot in Southeast Asia. Um, she's you know and saying all that but not negating the fact that she's going to be a senior she's gone to the same school her whole life you know she's leaving behind you know her friendships and just a lot of things that are big things at that you know juncture in life and so um but she also sees the value of it she sees the value in the 
you know, being international, she sees the value in what we're doing, following God and trusting God and having faith. Um, so she sees those things. And we just, as a family, I think are really just processing, okay, this is what faith is in action. You know, this is, we're all having to trust the Lord in what's next and what we're doing. So yeah, it's a challenge, but yeah, one that we're really trying to walk through with, um, I don't know, just with, uh, real sensitivity to the spirit, I guess. Yeah. That's, I think it's so cool though to hear, I mean, and the perspective that she has as a senior, as Mm -hmm. opposed to most seniors. And, you know, I think that's my thing as a father, I would like to take my girls on some short term missional trips in the future. Mm -hmm. I want them to have that perspective and how spoiled I feel we are, um, in many ways uh, as Americans. Um, Rob, I had heard you say in another interview, um, and this really stood out to me, you had talked about how God has stirred your hearts to reach the least, the last, and the lost. Can you explain that a little more, and and how do you do that? Uh, Yes. Um, Well, how do we uh, explain that? Least, the last, lost. That is, well, there's many people out there who do not know God, who haven't even heard Um, and so they are the least, I would say that Mm -hmm. that's out there and they're lost. Um, and the last really majority of uh, the unreached people in the world are, um, they, they are oral learners. And so part of what I, uh, love to do is story the Bible and I work on oral Bible translation projects. Um, and so my focus is really in reaching, how do I reach those? How do I engage the last is focusing on orality and storing the Bible. So that is, uh, these people are the hardest to get to. And so how do I do that? We're going to be going to, uh, connecting with, indigenous people in Southeast Asia. Um, And that's, I mean, the reason we're moving to Thailand is it's a hub for us to go into the whole region, uh, traveling around, making connections, finding unreached people groups, and trying to, through different projects, uh, get relationship where we can then start storing the Bible to them, getting relationships where we can get it into their heart language. And... uh, yeah, that's that's the, my my desire in reaching the least, the last, and the lost. And the the heart language thing I found interesting because um, there's what over seven thousand languages, but I believe you said like three thousand of them don't have a written form. So how do you um, and how did that passion come to your heart that you know? Because I think these are people we do forget. I mean, so yeah, when you say the least, the last, and the lost, it makes sense. Um, how did you get that passion for it? And then how do you go about that when they don't even have a written language? Well, we uh, definitely, we are all literate here in this room right now. Um, But uh, an oral learner thinks differently. They don't, they don't have, they don't go thematically or um, they're very, everything has to build upon it itself. And so when we, are engaging with the these oral learners we actually have to do chronologically starting with genesis we story stories from there and we kind of build through 
um, which we've crafted stories. So we have a story set that is in English and we have some other, some other languages that we're working on. Um, with that, I need to find connections with people who know both English and uh, either the local language or my ultimate goal is the mother tongue or the heart language yeah. of the people. And in that, we, I want to train people who will be training and telling these stories in to their people. So there's there's a a lot of groundwork needing to to be done with that. There's a lot of networking that's needing to be done. Um, but the good thing is there's many other people out there who have already engaged with some of these people. And so I get to connect with them and network with them. And um, also within Youth with a Mission, we do uh, what we are story um we we have the original program is our discipleship training school now we have a storying form of it's called the god story dts discipleship training school and so this is school is done totally orally um we tell stories they learn them and then they are that right away sharing them in the their communities and they don't even need a bible they don't That's so cool they well they don't read and write so yeah. they yeah. yeah they uh they but they're learning the bible stories right away and they're sharing them right away and that is our my heart is really that organic growth that's going to come as they share uh the stories that they're learning when we process we don't just teach them the story but we process through the stories asking them things that they get out of the stories and then also sharing things that we are getting so that they get that deeper uh, sense of what God is really saying through his story. Yeah, that's so good. Jen, I've heard you talk about um, before uh, poverty alleviation. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain kind of what you've been doing and, and what that is? Because I think a lot of people probably don't even know what that means. Yeah. So um, what poverty alleviation is, is going into... Uh, community and looking at, okay, how can we alleviate poverty in this situation? So how that may look in a um, third world setting and things that we've been doing in Nepal and Philippines and different areas are going in and kind of we, we find people who are at risk of being trafficked or at risk of being um, just taken advantage of or just different things or they might be widows um you know just people that are really vulnerable people and we go how can we help them provide for their families or you know in the case of a widow how can we have her be able to provide for herself and it's usually very simple things that we do um in it, giving them either a loan or a grant um, it's usually less than a hundred dollars and what it does is helps them be able to start a business. Um, and those businesses aren't just something that we decide, oh, okay, we're going to have you guys do this. Um, we usually find out what are they, what's something that they can already do. You know, do they know how to sew? Oh, okay. Well, then it would be more advantageous for them if we can get them a sewing machine so they're not working under someone and giving most of their profits away where they can have their own little, you know, most of them are just in their homes, right. you know, doing a business. Um, or, um, you know, there was a lady who was cleaning houses and she was making her own cleaning supplies. And so we helped her 
be able to bottle her cleaning supplies and sell them in the market, you know? So it's just giving them opportunity to be able to use what they already can do. Um, You know, some of them are goats. We do actually a lot with goats um, because a lot of the rural people, especially in Nepal, they know how to take care of goats. And goats are something that you don't have to buy feed for. Usually you don't have to, you know, they can just eat mostly what's around them. And so, um, you know, grazing in the hills and stuff. And so they're very easy to take care of. And so what we do is go into a community and we may find like 10 people to give a female goat to, and then we'll buy one male goat for that community. And so that they can breed the goats and then now they have babies that they can sell and um, it just provides an income. And then they can, we, we also have them give those baby goats back to the community to someone else later as, you know, when they've, I think after they've gotten like two babies then they have to give the next one to someone else in the community and what we've seen is it not only helps these individuals but it really helps the whole community and they really want to help each other and so um, you're building you know rapport within the community and it's also you know an inroad then we can share the gospel so it's not these you know, intensive things where we're teaching somebody how to run a major business or anything like that, you know, that's labor intensive in that way. But just simple ways of of helping people be able to um, provide for themselves and then better their communities. And is that what you'll continue, I guess, to be doing in Thailand? Yeah, I'll still be involved with the projects that we already have going, um, especially in Nepal and some other areas in Asia. But Um, But I would also like to work with more and start up some things. You know, I know a lot of, you know, people in Thailand that work with women who've been trafficked and um, and those things. And so trying to find business opportunities for those ladies um, because they are often still having to provide for their families. And so, you know, you take them out of... uh, a world of prostitution but then they still need a means of providing for their families and so being able to provide a a job or give them skills or training or something so that they're able to get a job in another place yeah so going to thailand uh july in july um that was not the original plan Uh, i mean a few years ago uh it was supposed to be malaysia can you guys talk about because you've been so faithful in your obedience to God, but how hard was that struggle? I mean, look, COVID was hard for everybody, mm-hmm. but it had to, I mean, it really changed the course of your family and where you were going. Mm-hmm. How hard was that whole experience? And maybe how did you, did it um, bring you closer to God? Were you frustrated? How did that go for you guys? Wow, yes. Um, the The journey started three years ago. Um, where God kind of said, okay, it's time to, for you guys to move to Southeast Asia and to Malaysia. And so we had our tickets and purchased and COVID happened. And so the last two years, it's been a constant, okay, we're going to go in the next six months. Okay, we're going to go. It kept on being pushed back every six months. And finally, two years later, we are getting to go. Um, but that that hard component, it really... I. A, a death of a dream. We had to process through that. Um, we had to, there's lots of questions that we asked ourselves. Um, I mean, God is faithful and we knew God was still saying, Hey, keep going, keep plugging in. And really, you know, one of the things that has helped us the most is 
over the last two years, there's been connections that have happened. There's been other opportunities that have come up that now we actually have even more tools and skill sets that we see are actually preparing us even better for what we're going to do that we wouldn't have gotten opportunities that we wouldn't have had had we gone two years ago. So it's in hindsight, we can go, oh, wow, God was continually moving through this and we see him preparing us and giving us even more skill sets so that we can be even a better asset for him, I guess, is I don't know how to say it better um, there. And so that has helped us. But emotionally, we had definitely struggles emotionally. We were just, are we we hearing God? Are we really doing what God is asking us to do? Are we, you know, lots of questions over the last two years. But as we continue to look back, we see his hand continually helping, leading, guiding. Um, but it's been hard for our kids, for us. Um, and, you know, the relationships, I think it's sunk in even more relationship-wise. Our friendships that our kids have, that we have, we're going to miss that even more. We're like, we were all geared up and ready to go and excited. Um, we're gearing up again, getting ready to go. But those relationships, we really have really realized how much we value our relationships even more than we did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, our kids, it was hard. They they had been to Malaysia a couple years prior to when we were first praying about going, and so they really knew what to expect. They kind of, in their minds, they knew they had met people. They had, um, you know, some friendships there, and so when we changed, and that was really all due to COVID, some visa things changed, um, the way Malaysia um, was allowing people to come in and, and other things, just it didn't work for us to go there anymore long term. And so we um, thought, okay, we need to look into other options. And so we started praying about Thailand. And initially, I think we were both kind of like, no. <laughs> But we really felt God leading us there. And as we have, just like Rob said, I mean, the doors have just opened in so many ways that we weren't expecting and just opportunities and even just friendships for our kids. You know, we were actually just at dinner with some people last night who um, live in Chiang Mai, where we where oh, wow. we will be, and their kids were over. So my kids got to meet some kids that they'll be going to school with there. and. So I think there's just a lot of, um, yeah, it's been a lot of ups and downs for sure. But, and like Rob said, it really was kind of death of a dream initially, but, um, but we feel really confident now that this is, this is where we're supposed to go. So that's great. Rob, you had mentioned, uh, just leaving the community though, and the friendships, how has Grace Community Church been able to walk alongside you guys and, and during, I guess, the frustration of waiting um, how has the church been able to help you guys? I was just actually saying that how blessed we have been with Grace Community Church. It um, We go attend the Lindale campus and the relationships there that we've built from the inception of the Lindale campus yeah. has been uh, incredible. How well, long have you guys been connected to Grace? 18 years wow, now. Wow, okay. <clears throat> And so, yeah, it was right before Lindale started. Um, and then, so 
key people relationships uh, in the church. We actually just did the reengage. I recommend everybody do reengage. It was amazing for our marriage. Um, yeah, I just had the Cavenders on uh, plugging oh, it. So great. yeah, thank you for another plug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was great for our marriage, and you know, I think it'll help us even better for when we go. Yeah. Um, but the relationships that we got in doing the reengage. I mean, those other couples. We are just we just hung out with them the other day again and it's uh people praying for us we uh grace uh the investment um <clears throat> right from the start just the different trainings that um grace has asked us to be a part of doing uh perspectives course they've helped us with counseling they've helped us with mentorship different preparing you know even how to um finances They've had different people that we've ha had the opportunity to, uh, they've spoken into our lives to help us prepare. So Grace, in many ways, has mm -hmm. helped us um, better pre be better prepared for when we go. Um, but the community at Grace Church, all the relationships, we we value them so, so much. Um, and over the last 19 years, we've built a lot of yeah. relationships. We've been in community group. I highly recommend everybody get into <laughs> the community groups. That was really a lifeline for us um, for so many years, uh, just praying together with people, studying God's word, and sharing life together. Kind of, it just makes me think uh, of the early church that, you know, they were eating together, living together, sharing life together and helping each other out. And that's really what grace has been for us. So as you guys uh, prepare uh, to head off to Thailand, how can, and those listening, how can we as a church be praying for you guys um, with this journey ahead? Is there anything specifically that you guys would ask us to pray for? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Right now for the immediate, our first need is our visas. Um, we've sent everything off and we're just waiting. We're kind of feel at the hands of the Thai embassy right now. So um, that's probably our most urgent need right now. Um, also for our kids, you know, that's anytime anybody asks us, we're like, pray for our kids, you know, yeah. pray for their hearts, pray for just their adjustment in going to Thailand, to going to a new school, going to a new culture, going to just all the new things, um, everything will be new. <laughs> and so we just, we really um, value people's prayers for our kids um, and for us as well, that we would uh, be wise and that we would um, just really be led of the Lord. You know, it's so easy for both of us to just want to jump into things and just get going. And we've had a lot of people, you know, that are been on the field a long time say, you know what, you need to go into this a little slower, you know, we're going to be doing language learning the first year. And they're like, you know, you want to set yourself up for the, for the long haul, not just for the quick, you know, go in and do things and whatever. And so, so for us just to be wise in that, in, in how much we're um, jumping into everything right away, and, um, but also wanting to put what we can into the language learning, um, we definitely want prayer for the language learning. Yes. <laughs> Thai is not an easy language, okay. and so um, that's something we want prayer for. And 
Yeah. I think just language. language learning is key. Cultural acquisition, just learning mm -hmm. the culture, the norms, figuring out, you know, we you can't talk to them in a Western style. <laughs> we need to uh, <clears throat> respect their the way they like to talk and relationships, yeah. how they, you know, it's very different. And so we have to be mm -hmm. really good learners. And yeah. um, sure. that that's the, uh, just a, that we would be sensitive to be good learners and really observant and going, oh, they're doing this. Okay, we need to do this. We need to, how do we need to adapt? Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming in today. We will definitely, I will be praying for you guys, and I know the church will be, um, and talking to many people, especially with the Lindo campus, I know, how much you're loved and uh mm -hmm. i appreciate you guys and what you're doing your family and i know god's going to be glorified in your story so um thank you so much and uh all the best to you guys thank, thank you, you very much so much all right that was the dirksons and again please be praying for them as they prepare to head to thailand thank you so much for listening as always i'm ryan peterson this has been voices of grace <laughs>